In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having. And Emily Lubin. Remember, choose like you have a secret. We're here to amuse your boosh. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Emily. And I'm Remy. And today's guest is registered dietitian and founder of Salt and Sage Nutrition, Monica D'Agostino. Welcome, Monica. Thank you. Very excited to be here. So excited to have you. We're so excited to have you. (laughs) Just so you know, we're in mid-September right now, so we're entering the fall season. And we have been just brainstorming, like, how do we get our shit together? And I love what you're doing um, on social media. I love your videos. You have such creative recipes and stuff like that. And I am not much of a home cook. So (laughs) I'm just happy that you're here so that you can help us organize and just start to be a little more confident in the kitchen. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I think it's like, you know, everyone's kind of feeling that right now. I feel like the summer was just... I didn't have one month this summer where I wasn't in an airport. I was all over the mm. place too. So it's a good time to So reset. the fridge wasn't necessarily stocked. No. Yeah. No, we were like lucky if we had condiments at this point. It yeah. was pretty sad. <laughs> now but is the time. Now's the time. So what is your philosophy before we get started on stocking the fridge? Uh, your philosophy or main focus as a dietitian? So, I mean, my dietitian career has gone a little bit differently mm-hmm. than most dietitians, mm-hmm. which has been a ton of fun. I get to be very creative with it. Um, you know, most dietitians kind of go into more of like a clinical setting, which is pretty traditional. Um, and my stuff, I've always really wanted to focus on cooking, the culinary aspect of it. That was kind of my concentration when I was in school for becoming a dietitian. So I always kind of knew I was going to go a little bit of a different route. Um, and I mean, I think too, with COVID, it kind of changed a lot in just like workplace structure, as we've all seen. I'm sure you guys have seen too. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that for a long time, dietitians kind of didn't find themselves in almost this like working for yourself, private practice. I do take private clients and I work with people a lot. Um, And they don't they didn't really find themselves in that position until after 40 years in like a clinical setting, um, which I think was really traditional. And the reason that I kind of broke into this space during covid was I saw that opportunity and I saw that kind of a lot of women around my age range is sort of what inspired me of women in their 20s, 30s, into 40s, I think there's just a lot of life changes in that time. There's graduating school and moving around and jobs. And I found, not to mention, I just think women in that age range have kind of gone through the ringer with diet culture, Weight Mm -hmm. Watchers, the 90s, everything that we all kind of had to live through. Um, And I wanted to kind of find a way to help teach women specifically about developing that overall healthy eating pattern and finding ways to create meals that are more nutrient dense and make you feel good and keep you full. You know, I also just, I think women spread themselves really thin now. We are all kind of trying to prove ourselves in a, in 
a man's world, for lack of better words. And I think that it's important to find ways to educate kind of that group and show us how to feel empowered in the kitchen or how to kind of navigate it or how to just, you know, put things together. Even if you feel like I have nothing in the fridge, but I want to feel good, you know, there's just easy ways to navigate it. So my kind of philosophy is like make it as seamless for yourself as possible and find ways to create habits that do become more like second nature. Okay, I know what I need to do to make myself feel good. I know how I want to navigate my my eating style, my eating pattern, and I know that it's going to be something that energizes me and makes me feel satisfied and full and like I'm doing something good for myself. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, this might be a stupid question because you mentioned your focus was like on the food and cooking and stuff in school. Do they teach you cooking in school? So it's it's a little different for everybody. Okay. So I went to Penn State for my undergrad mm -hmm. um, and I was really lucky. We had a, a great dietetics program. I got to actually, we had one class at Penn State, which was like kind of more of the food science. Don't ask me too many food science questions. I'm not going to know as many. <laughs> was, I was like 19 when I was taking that class. Sounds but, like a lot of memorization. Oh, tons, tons. Between that and like the nutrition aspect of it. Um, but we got to do a cooking lab in that class, which was like my favorite. I ended up TAing it. Um, and we learned a lot about food principles, cooking, like we had like an egg week and all the different things you can do with eggs, like baking and awesome. all this stuff. So I did get to learn a lot of that. And then uh, the program that I chose, it's called like quote unquote dietetic internship. It's basically dietitian school. Um, I chose one that had a culinary focus, which wasn't super widespread at that time. I don't really know what the programs are looking like these days. Um, so I did get to work with chefs. I got to work in kitchens. I got to learn knife skills. And that was unreal. I like grew up cooking with my mom and okay. my grandma and stuff when she was around. So, you know, it was that was always kind of the passion of mine. I was never going to be in a hospital working with patients. It just wasn't my style. So I was going to say yeah. in a hospital <laughs> cooking. Yeah. Like I know. Right. I was like, this is just not going to be something that works for me. So, yeah, that's kind of how I how I got into it. Did you ever think about being a chef or in a restaurant setting? I actually got an offer to go to culinary school from that class that I TA'd. The professor approached me and said, will you help work this event? It was basically for donors to Penn State, um, like alumni donors. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, gave a bunch of money and got to do this like professional cooking class at night one time. She was like, will you come work it? We have like a famous chef and I forget his name. He was like down in New Orleans. Um, but he had like a local TV show down there. So he was like really well known. And he was coming in to teach this cooking class. And she was like, we just need somebody to like help clean up plates, like help like the alumni do random tasks and stuff like that. So I said, yeah, sure. And I went there this one like Thursday night and I helped. And he, the chef came up at, at the end and said, if you ever want to come to culinary school, like I, I own the culinary school in New Orleans, here's my card. Oh my and God. I considered it then. And I was like, that would be really fun but also I don't know how well I would do as a chef a chef is a tough industry oh my yeah. God. especially yeah. especially as a woman you know and so I I'm very lucky that I got to kind of integrate the cooking into the dietitian work mm -hmm. um it's been you know kind of a dream come true it was like a freak thing that happened thank God for social media but yeah it's been awesome yeah well like I said, I mean, you're so um, creative with your recipes. They're all they're very aesthetic to look at. They're very colorful. And um, and like there was one recipe that you had posted that was a cinnamon roll smoothie. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to try that. But they're very simple and flexible. And I just I think you achieve a really good balance. Why do you think many of us have kind of veered away from cooking at home? Or why do you think that a lot of us resort to ordering in a lot or going out to eat a lot and like don't have the confidence to get it together? Yeah, I have a whole theory on it. Um, I actually think that 
a big part of the reason that people veer away from it is social media. Because I think that a lot of times when you dive into social media, and this is actually really a gap that I try to fill with my content, is you open social media and you're like, I don't know what to make for dinner tonight. Let me search like healthy dinners. And all of a sudden you have something in front of you that's like 25 steps. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm not going to do that. Like, especially if it's after a long day of work or you went out the night before or something. Have all the ingredients. Yeah. yeah, You're you're like, like, oh, let me just go to the store right now. Yeah. Totally. Never going to happen. And I think a lot of my audience too are, like I said, kind of that women in that 20s, 30s range. Um, And there are women who live in cities and are working and their kitchens are small and it can get overwhelming. There's plenty days where I'm like, I don't know what to make. I'm going to order in because it gets overwhelming. And I think that a lot of times too, when I take on new clients, I kind of talk to them about reasons that they aren't cooking at night and they're like, I don't have the energy or I feel like I don't have the ingredients or something like that. And it's just because this almost like picture of oh, you need to go into the kitchen and create this elaborate meal that's going to take all this time. And then there's going to be dishes and your sink's not big enough. And my Mm -hmm. sink barely works because we're in the city. And there's just all these reasons. So I think it gets really overwhelming for people. I think that's a big reason too that the like girl dinner trend kind of took over. Like this idea that women are expected to show up to work, be successful, be beautiful, be, get your makeup done in the beginning of the day, get yourself all set up, then go home and cook this lab. It's like unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. that have been put on people for so long. And I I love the girl dinner trend because I think that there's ways that it's done that are balanced and nourishing and great. And it's just kind of women being like, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to put this on a plate and I'm going to eat. And I think that that's what it should be. Yeah. And I'm going to take a little bit of, of things that I genuinely like. That you want. Yeah. Like I want a slab of cheese at the end of the night and I, I want mean, to eat it with crackers. You yeah. Know? So oh, the best. Yeah. Charcut. Exactly. Um, but I think another part of it is that um, we kind of think that we need to be all or nothing with it. Like yes. you need to be a gourmand and you need to make like this really elaborate, like you said, dinner or you need to do everything from scratch and you can't use any convenience foods. Like one thing yeah. that that you talk about that I really appreciate is using convenience foods or packaged foods, but then adding things in to make them more nutritious, um, which is not something that you hear from a lot of dietitians. A lot of dietitians kind of frown upon using convenience foods. What's an example of a convenience food? Well, so I've like actually frozen veggies. Yeah, or yeah. like I've been, I've been actually right now. I'm kind of in the thick of doing a series of how to make packaged foods like quote unquote healthier. And when mm-hmm. I say healthier, I mean more balanced, more nutritious, more mm-hmm. filling. You know, a lot of times too with packaged foods, I think that the reason that some dietitians kind of have people veer away from it is they aren't super nutrient dense all the mm-hmm. time. So, you know, it's really easy for you to be like, I'm not gonna make dinner tonight. I'm just going to make myself some like frozen brown rice or something that I got. And it's like, okay, you could eat three bowls of that. You know, there's not really protein filling you up. There's not. So I kind of talk about what to add in and how to, how to navigate that. Um, so, you know, examples of convenience foods that I've done so far is like, I did the Trader Joe's orange chicken, um, Mm -hmm. how to kind of turn that into a meal. I'm today going to film frozen, like fried rice. Uh, Mm -hmm. yum. I'm doing I've done chicken nuggets. I've done frozen French fries, things like that. Things that people kind of have in their freezer, I think, really often that almost end up just like freezer burned because you're like, I don't know what to do with it. Or I had it one time. Like my ice pack today. Yeah. (laughs) Super freezer burned. Your ice pack. (laughs) Horrible. So I feel like a lot of times it's kind of food. That's another thing is how to 
how to navigate what is already in your fridge. Okay, I have this. What can I throw in? What can I add? Mm-hmm. What can I pick up at the store that's going to make that filling? And then you create, you know, two or three meals out of it, and it turns into a meal prep that you didn't even know you had. I love a frozen vegetable too because like they're less likely to go bad. Like totally, I think yeah. we talk about this all the time that like if you stock up on so many vegetables, you're not always going to use them and then you just like watch them rot oh yeah and it's besides like the food waste of it all it's like then your your fridge is getting dirty you know what I mean like you have to start cleaning it out and then like you start getting into the mindset if you are an all-or-nothing person that you're like whatever like Mm -hmm. the fridge isn't great anymore yeah instead of just doing like slow maintenance of it so it's like your freezer is a nice place to like keep some stuff that like okay maybe you don't want peas this week or next week but like on week three, yeah, they're still there. Totally. And also, too, a lot of frozen vegetables are actually considered more nutrient-dense because they're picked, blanched, and flash-frozen. So Ooh. they're not losing nutrients as they're sitting in the grocery store, sitting on your, sh- sitting in your fridge, sitting on your shelves. So I, like that. I am a huge frozen veggie stan. I tell people, stock up. You know, you can't go wrong. You know, that's a hot tip. That's mm-hmm. a hot tip because there's so much misinformation about frozen. Like people say, oh, if you freeze it, you take out all the nutrients. No, or, but that's I not know. the way it works, really. Yeah. No, not at all. It's like there is no shame in, in frozen veggies, in frozen fruit. Yeah. No shame in the game. Love <laughs> it. You also, you did another one that I think it was a just a frozen cheese ravioli, mm-hmm. but then you made your own pesto sauce, like with pesto, but then with tons of veggies in it. And I thought, wow, what... A good way to stretch out a pasta dish and to make it actually satisfying because we all like we want to eat the ravioli, but it's just not enough. You don't have your fiber. You don't have your vegetables. How dare you say pasta is not satisfying? (laughs) In my experience, I don't find it satisfying. You know, it's one of those things I get. I've given people this example before, too, that I've worked with of it's such an easy thing to keep on hand for like a night where you're like, I'm not going to cook. I'm going to mm-hmm. boil some pasta and throw some sauce on it. It's thinking of like a standard pasta, like a normal white pasta, it's going to be something that is a little bit lower in fiber and protein. So it's something that doesn't keep you full. So I think that the key with this series, using pasta as an example, but this series in general is kind of what I'm trying to do is when you have something that is not going to keep you full. So you make that pasta, right? And nobody knows how much pasta to make. I don't. I always make like the whole box and I'm like, oh God, now I have all of this. Mm -hmm. But it gets really easy to eat that. And then 45 minutes later, you're hungry again because you don't have that protein and fiber keeping you satiated. So, okay, what do I have that I can add into it? Like for instance, with that ravioli dish, you're not a ton of protein in there, some in the cheese, but not as much to like really keep you full. So you add in the pesto, the cottage cheese in the sauce to keep you full or a Greek yogurt or a tofu. They all kind of work the same in that. And then you throw in a couple handfuls of spinach and you blend it in the sauce. And, you know, not a lot of people love like a pasta and veggie dish where you're eating it really in there. So you blend it up in the sauce. Like it's funny how much adults adults love hiding veggies from themselves. Like I do it too. And I'm like, this is just so much easier. So probably also good if you have kids too, though. Oh yeah. Because that was one of my vegetables. Yeah. I worked with, um, I had to do like community nutrition rotations for when I was in school and I worked with a lot of kids and it was like such a big thing teaching that to parents of like how to hide veggies. I did a lot of that. So, and I think like a lot of times we kind of like to resort back to that and people are afraid to admit it, but I'm like, if I got to blend up my veggies, like whatever, I'm I'm getting it. It doesn't, you know, do it. It's no different. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I try to do in that series is how can you add in those things that now you've eaten that you have the protein and fiber, you're good for 
the night or if you don't like onion like me you just cook it down yeah. a little more so it's soft you put it in a bolognese sauce yep. that's what i've been learning how to do <laughs> yeah. um, yes yeah. little Delish. disguise yeah and it adds flavor but it doesn't overwhelm you mm-hmm. you know it's great and you got the protein yeah it feels like cat food has been the same forever smelly boring made of mystery ingredients that's why you've got to try smalls Small's cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your own fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some Small's to my friend in Brooklyn who is fostering kittens, and they took to it right away. It is delicious. It is nutritious. It is easy to serve. Yum, yum, yum. Eat it up. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh, protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And They're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life, so it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y.com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So are protein and fiber what you think of as, as like, I should be adding that to every meal to make it a balanced meal? Like, what, what, what would you say is a, a dictionary balanced meal? Yeah. So there is like a, a USDA defined mm-hmm balanced plate and I that's kind of what I go off of for each meal um but it's like half your plate is your non-starchy vegetables so those that's going to be things like you know spinach peppers onions mushrooms leafy greens stuff like that and then you have a quarter of your plate is your protein so your chicken your fish your eggs your turkey your beef your tofu things like that then the other quarter of your plate is like your starch so that's 
your rice, your quinoa, your pasta, your starchy vegetables, like your potatoes or your sweet potato, things like that. I don't necessarily think that I don't love the plate method because I think that it makes people feel like they have to do brown rice, chicken and broccoli every night of their lives to make that work. And I'm like, I'm not going to eat that. So I'm not going to tell people to eat that. I tell people like try to hit those categories when balancing out a meal. So try to get yourself that non-starchy veggie. If you're putting spinach in your pasta sauce, there you go. Try to get yourself some protein in there. Um, Try to get yourself some starch, but that is kind of what does help balance you out and like, you know, make sure that your blood sugar is not spiking, make sure that you're staying full. So those things that we're kind of looking for out of food, that protein and fiber adding in is what's gonna, what's gonna help us achieve that. I was gonna ask too, like, I feel like a lot of the times I don't have a balanced meal, but I might have a balanced day. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So like a carb for breakfast and then like a heavy protein lunch and then like a salad for dinner, you know, big one. But like, is that okay to have a balanced day? So any day you have is okay. That's something I always want to tell people. Like you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have days that are all over the place. Like no day is going to look exactly the same. So I don't necessarily like tell people, oh, you know, you have to eat this way all the time because it's not realistic. You know, I, I, that all or nothing thing that both of you have mentioned, I talk to people about that a lot. You know, it's not, it's not all or nothing. Mm -hmm. I, as a dietitian, support the balanced meal thing as much as possible, just because, you know, if you, in the morning are saying, okay, I'm gonna just do, you know, something like maybe oatmeal with some almond milk in it. I don't know, those just an example. That probably sounds gross. Everyone's trying to get me to eat oatmeal. You <laughs> won't do it. No, but listen, so like if you have that, right, and you're just like throwing some almond milk in your oatmeal and you're making it, fine, that's fine, but it's gonna be a little bit carb heavier, right? So mm-hmm. the thing with carbs is they're a very quick source of energy. So like I said, you know, 30, 45 minutes later, you might feel hungry again. An oatmeal situation in the morning where you try to balance it out a little more. Also, you don't need to add veggies to every meal. I don't want you to put like asparagus in your oatmeal, but like, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. People are like doing crazy stuff. So, you know, for something like an oatmeal, okay, I'm going to add in some protein. Let me mix in some Greek yogurt or add some peanut butter or do some like even nuts on the side or some powdered peanut butter. There's a million options you can do. That's going to cause you to be a little bit more satisfied. You're going to avoid that blood sugar spike. So you're going to be able to stay full longer and you're not going to feel that like, Oh, I, you know, I had that at 8 a.m. and 9.30, I'm sitting in the office and I'm trying to keep myself awake, you mm-hmm. know? So I try to, to, like, I recommend to people balancing out the plate at the meal times when possible, but also it's it's no stress if it doesn't happen, you know? There's, yeah. there's going to be days where it doesn't happen. It's It sounds like if you focus on balancing your meals, then you're not, like, spiking and, and dropping in energy throughout the day. Yeah. Like it's, it's a good way to maintain balance throughout the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's a really important mindset when it comes to food is understanding like I'm eating this way because it's making me feel good and it's keeping me energized and I'm not mm-hmm. crashing from the food that I'm eating. And you never advocate for eliminating anything or, you know, like cutting out carbs or anything like that. No, definitely not <laughs> cutting out carbs. No, I, I think, you know, everything kind of fits. And, you know, that's a big thing too that I'm trying to do with this series of like, yeah, you can have your box mac and cheese, add an egg when you're making the sauce, make it a carbonara, get more protein. That was a really good tip too. Mm -hmm. I never thought about putting an egg in my mac and cheese. I know a lot of people were grossed out about it and mad at me, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, people get mad at me for everything. My like sandwich dripped the other day and people were like, I'm unfollowing you. I was like, I don't really care. How (laughs) dare you have a drippy sandwich? Oh my God. Yeah. That really, Some people love a drippy sandwich. That one almost caused like comments to get disabled. I was like, I can't deal with this. (laughs) (laughs) People get really crazy. Um, and you would think I was like, this is a food. I had a girl stop me in the bar this weekend and she was like, I love your page. And I was like, thanks. I'm getting 
getting roasted. Like I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I thought she was gonna be like, I love your page, but that drippy but that sandwich. But that drippy sandwich. No, she was like, keep going, you're good. I was like, yeah, I don't have a choice. It's my job. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a choice, but sometimes that is exactly what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. Just one person being supportive. <laughs> I know, if she's listening, girl. Thank you. Well, I'm a fan and I love your drippy sandwiches. Thank um, you. But you said in one of your videos that as a dietitian, you you can't change what people eat, but you can change how they eat it. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So kind of like what I said before, you know, okay, if you're going to be somebody who is going to say, all right, my, my go-to is like a box mac and cheese, right? And I'm going to make that at the end of the night. And that's, you know, that's what I'm going to have on hand for those nights where, I, I don't have it in me to cook. That's going to happen. Like I said, you know, it's not going to be perfect all the time. Let me try to give you some info about doing something like adding in an egg or adding in some broccoli to that if you have frozen I was broccoli. Say broccoli too. Yeah, mm. that's what I did oh, in, yeah. in that video too to mm-hmm. add in the veggie. You know, then you have your, your fiber. So, what are things that you can do to almost, I don't want to say like cheat because nothing's cheating, but almost like cheat the system of like, okay, let me, let me add in stuff that's going to make it more filling. And maybe it is going to turn into something where it's like, okay, now this can be created into two meals rather than one. And I, I get it a lot of times from people too, where their eating pattern itself turns into, okay, I don't eat, you know, until 1 PM. And then I have, you know, my first meal and then my dinner's really big and I'm eating a ton at night. Okay. How do we kind of spread that more throughout the day? How do we create that balance plate more often throughout the day so that you are staying satiated? Um, so yeah, it's like those little tricks of what can I add in here? That's going to make me feel good. And you can steam broccoli in the pouch now. Do you mean like the, in the bag that it comes yeah. in? There is steam in the bag broccoli. Yeah. I have seen that. Yeah. I'm a bit, so if you're putting broccoli in something like a pasta or a mac and cheese, like you can just the last couple of minutes of it boiling, throw it right in the boiling water with the pasta. Ooh. And that steams uh, it. Hot um, tip. I also have the, I feel like everybody has this pan. It's the always pan from our place. If you've seen it, it has like the mm-hmm. little steamer basket in it. Um, and I take the steamer basket out and I put it over my pasta water that's boiling and I put the broccoli on top of it and then it just steams up through the broccoli. Nice. So mind blown. There's a lot of ways to do it. Um, but I do know that they make those ones that you can just throw in, in the bag and it's, it's great stuff. Oh, I, th- I actually wanted to ask you about this. You don't have a microwave, Mm-mm. so you don't microwave any of your food. Yeah. Is there a reason for that? Or do you just not have one? Cause you live in a New York city apartment. Or- yeah, I don't have one because if I got a microwave, um, I wouldn't have counter space, uh, because my counter space is about this big. Yeah. So, um, my apartment didn't come with one, so I've just been making it work. Um, I, I got a comment the other day, if like kind of this is where what you're asking about a person saying, well, if you microwaved the broccoli, then you just negated all nutrients that are in. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. That's just, it's just not true. Like there's mythology. It's, yeah. People just, again, want something to be right about. Fired up about. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, if I really try to talk through as a dietitian, kind of looking in people's situations of, all right, if they don't microwave this, are they going to eat zero vegetables all day? But if they do microwave it, are they willing to eat it? You know, mm-hmm. so it's sort of those types of trade offs. Um, I don't I think microwaves are fine. Like if you're using microwaves, sometimes like heat up your food. I think people get a little too bent out of shape over that. Mm-hmm. OK, so, yeah, I was just curious. because yeah. You know, 
you hear dietitian doesn't have a microwave and you think, oh, microwaves must suck. Yeah. And it's like, no, dietitian can't afford an apartment with a microwave. <laughs> dietitian has little, little apartment. Yeah, dietitian also doesn't have a dishwasher. So a lot of her life is mm, washing that's dishes. That's got to be tough. Yeah. That's got, that actually is probably more challenging oh. than the counter space situation. Yeah. My friends hear about it like once a week. I have to melt down <laughs> over not having a dishwasher. So that's the goal for the next apartment. Um, there are little ones they're like portable ones, but yeah. again, you might not have space. But if anybody does have the space, you can look up portable dishwasher. They're they're a little small, but I've they, never I've never seen these. Yeah, my brother's yeah. a real estate agent, and he was trying to sell an apartment that didn't have a dishwasher. And I was like looking up alternatives so that he could tell his clients. And now it's like changed the game. Yeah, yeah, I I could get one of those little ones, could, but I have about six months left in this apartment. So I'm like, let me just. All right, well, I'll pray for you that you Thank find you. an apartment I, with the amenities. I appreciate that. That's the goal. But yeah, so, but I think, you know, like I said, I think people kind of have to work with what they have in this day and age. And yeah. they shouldn't, there are so many people get shamed and there's so many people on the internet who are like, what do you mean you're not eating organic? What do you mean you're <laughs> microwaving stuff? And it's like, all right, you know. Not everybody can afford organic food. A hundred percent. Um, 100%. But also re-microwaves. I remember I used to be very staunch advocate of like reheating in microwaves like when I was younger. And now I'm like, no, there's certain foods that you need to reheat on the stovetop. Yeah. They if you're talking like better. texture. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. You yeah. Don't pizza. Want stuff to get, mm. I, I mean, we've, we've talked about this before, but like pizza in the microwave, it's just not it. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't do it. But you put pizza in I like a. I think that could be okay. In like a frying pan with a little bit of water yeah. and yes. a lid and you let it steam up. It's it good as new. But a pasta, if like you have a sauce that's like lumpy or something or it's like a ramen that's become congealed I'm like you cannot put that in the microwave yeah like that's like stove makes me feel very adult to say that I know <laughs> like you, you have to put it in a saucepan yeah I know. or a, yeah a little normal pot I know I think I like when it comes to cooking methods I sort of am still a stage where I like don't forget where I came from like I'm a couple years out of college now I mean unfortunately like six I guess now. That's a couple. But, you know. <laughs> and I'm still, I'm like, you know what? We crawled home at the end of the night and we were lucky if something made it into yeah. the microwave. So yeah. like, I don't know. I think yeah. it's like, however you, you make it work. I love that. Um, so for those of us who want to get our shit together, we want to start cooking meals actually for ourselves and not leaving it up to seamless. Um, what should we have stocked in our fridge, in our cabinets, pretty much at all times? to be prepared if we want to cook something. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that a lot of the staples that you can kind of think through, well, it also depends on what you like. That's why it's kind of hard for me to be like, yeah. you need to have brown rice. People are like, well, that's, I don't yeah. want it. I'm not going to eat that. Well, you what know? do you keep? I have, a, I have a very like revolving door on my fridge and my pantry just because I do cook so much and I'm cooking for friends and things like that. I always have, I love a protein pasta. I think it's oh, like the, like a bonza, yeah, like a bonza or um, is it barilla? Barilla, yeah. barilla does have a protein. Yes, they kind, do. Have, yeah. I'm like I'm gonna mispronounce that. They have a protein pasta that I love, but I think that's one of the easiest things to keep on hand because again, it comes to the end of the night and you're like, I'm just gonna do like a pasta and a sauce. At least like there's a little extra protein in there. I keep frozen veggies. I keep frozen fruits. I love smoothies. Um, I keep oats on hand. I do keep brown the Trader Joe's brown rice that is in the freezer. Mm -hmm. I almost always have that. Um, I like to keep, what are the things do I keep in my freezer? I do like a whole wheat English muffin. Um, I almost always have eggs in my fridge. Lots of sauces to change things up. Mm -hmm. As far as spices? Oh my God. What spices are used in a lot of stuff? 
Oh my God. I always have salt, pepper, garlic powder, mm-hmm. onion powder, smoked paprika. That's like my chicken uh, combination. Okay. I'm seasoning chicken I, or like turkey or things like that. Um, I try to always keep cumin, mm. one of my favorites. If I'm doing some sort of like. Keep it cumin. Yep. Keep it cumin. Mm-hmm. I always have that. Um, if I'm doing, I really like more like Spanish, Mexican inspired dishes. I love making tacos. I love making like taquitos, things like that. Um, so I'll keep that on hand. Do you make I, your own taco mix? Sometimes. Wow. Sometimes. I, I love a pre-made Trying one, to get though. like you. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not all the time, but if I don't have like one from the store, I'll, I'll do like chili powder, stuff like that in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always also get really suckered into the tr- spice combinations at Trader Joe's. You know how they'll come Same. out with like the five pack of mm. like random things and I'll have that and I'll be like, now I used this cinnamon sugar one time and never again so yeah you know what i really stand by though their garlic salt oh so good what makes it so superior to every other garlic salt i don't know but like i i don't have roommates anymore but roommate whenever i had roommates in the past the garlic salt was always gone like we all just <laughs> ran through it everybody it's like loves a done it yes yeah, so i'm like the garlic salt you finish it you go buy a new one so <laughs> but yeah that stuff's great i used so to keep good. a truffle salt that would make me oh. just feel like everything was so fancy. Like yes. you would just like make an egg and avocado, put some truffle salt on it. And you're like, am yes. I a gourmand? Um, that one brand, Oslo, uh, their salt Oslo. brand, Oslo. I have no idea. How yeah. <laughs> they sent the, me. We can't pronounce anything our. They sent me. Yeah, for real. They sent me a black salt, a black flaky sea mm-hmm. salt that I was playing with for a little. And I felt mm-hmm. fancy using that. Um but I have Trader Joe's used to have a little powdered truffle seasoning. I don't know if you guys ever no. tried that. That one was okay. Sometimes their truffle stuff really is not great though. Like I tried their truffle ranch yesterday and it was trash. I don't buy it. <laughs> like if I can tell anybody not to buy something, it's that. Oh, note taken. I was disappointed by the truffle popcorn. I never Did tried you try it. that. No, but I, I don't tried... know if they still have it. It might have been a seasonal thing, but I was disappointed. I tried their truffle hot sauce and it wasn't great. But you know what? That's on me for thinking Trader Joe's is going to get like the best truffles on earth. Like that's just (laughs) not going to like it's the truffles ranch was six dollars. The one that I got was from uh, I don't know if it's still open, but it's called the filling station at Chelsea Market. If it's still there. The truffle salt. Mm -hmm. Okay. Go check that out. Um, Do you buy meats as necessary? Like do you store meat in the freezer? What do you do? Um, Probably the only meat that I really I I guess I don't eat like a ton of meat. Okay. Um, You know, for like protein sources that I like to keep in the freezer, a frozen bag of edamame is like one of my favorites. You easily throw that in like a stir fry. I make an edamame hummus, even as a snack. Like this is my tip for anyone who goes in the office. I So I actually, my first job, I was a corporate dietitian. I actually worked for Con Ed in the city and I like helped to counsel their staff. So that's kind of how I got into New York. Um, And this was my little trick that I told people. I always tell people to like keep snacks. In, in their the, desk. Yeah, in the desk, in the fridge. Like, you got to be eating snacks throughout the day. You can't go, mm-hmm. like, five, six hours without eating. You'll be starving. So one of my favorites was I used to take frozen edamame and put it in a little, like, reusable silicone bag in the beginning of the day. And you bring that to the office. By the time you're ready to eat it, it's thawed. It's, like, good protein, good fiber, oh, nice. helps keep you full. You just, like, have it like a little snack, put some salt on it. Um, so I'll keep edamame in the freezer, like, almost all the time. I'll keep – I love the Trader Joe's turkey burgers, any brand of like Mm -hmm. turkey burger. But I think that's a really easy one to keep in the freezer. But as for actual meat, yeah, I kind of buy it as needed. I make a ton of meatballs. So I'll get like ground chicken, ground turkey, ground beef for those. Um, I don't love, I'm not a big piece of chicken girl. Like I don't, 
Fair. love to just like have a piece of like grilled or baked chicken for dinner. And that used to really, I used to be like, I really got to change that about myself because I'm a dietitian. And then I was like, no, no, like I don't love cutting through a piece of chicken. Like I want it to either be small and chicken nuggets or in a like a taco. For you? It's like something. I'm like, yeah. this is just boring. And it's, <laughs> it's, I'm not very, it's like kind of boring. You could maybe yeah. pound it out though. I know. I would love to do like a cutlet. Yeah. I just like bread. Like I want it to be breaded. Like I'm like, this is just yeah. fair. Know, I'm like, it just tastes better. So yeah. I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not big on that, but I do just kind of buy it as needed. Mm-hmm. Got it. And also, this is a thing with me and meats that I like. I started making tacos like three weeks ago. I'm really proud of myself. But I noticed that the tacos, like the meat, can stay for like a good five days. Yeah, you know. Five days. Do you Google when things might go bad, or do you just generally know and do you have a general rule? Do you trust the expiration dates? Also, because I don't trust them. All the time. Um, I do. You know, I, I learned about it a little bit in school. Like okay. how they kind of do it. So, you know, I, I have trust in that. I usually say, like, if I'm cooking something, I want to eat it within, like, three or four days. Mm-hmm. Mostly just because I think at the end of that, it doesn't taste very good. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, this is, like, I don't know, no meal prep that's been all sitting together. It tastes good on day four. You know? mm-hmm. So right. I also tell people, too, batch cooking is huge. So, like, if you are going to make something like a chicken dish, right, and you need to cook like let's say three chicken breasts, I'll tell people like save one. This is not as easy because you got to cook twice, but like save one, cook two of them, eat the two over the course of the two days. And then on the second day, cook the last one. And then it's kind of more freshly cooked for the yeah. next day or two. Okay. So if you have the time or and ability- back to, in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you have the time and ability to save it and cook it later, um, I think it makes a big difference for like flavor and taste and stuff. Got it. And is, is batch cooking- the same as meal prepping? I realize this might be the dumbest question ever, but I am curious. Like, is batch cooking the same as meal prep? Like, just preparing more so that it'll last longer? Yeah. So, I mean, I got, I guess batch cooking, like, saving some of it and then cooking it later wouldn't technically be considered batch cooking. I guess I consider batch cooking the same as meal prep. So, I think about, you know, doing a sheet pan of, like, veggies and potatoes and chicken or whatever meat you want to cook on there or tofu or something like that and kind of batch prepping something all together. Um, But actually, I guess like batch cooking would be considered differently than like cooking your chicken in batches, if that makes sense, Uh like the technical definition of it. Um, But it's all, I think it all falls under the umbrella of meal prep, like whatever works for you. If cooking a lot of it in the beginning of the week works for you and then cooking some later or doing Mm -hmm. it all at once, but it's so different person to person. Like you could make a bowl of peas and it could stay in your fridge and you could either have the peas or you could put it in a stir fry in a few days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's actually a great way to use peas. I love peas. I, yeah. st- I do too. Also, <laughs> grated mac and cheese. Also. Yes. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We used to eat that little growing pop. up. Yeah. yeah a lot of so people good. put it in carbonara too. So that yeah. makes sense that it would go in Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yum city. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. 
Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Guys, as many of you know, I've been on an alcohol-free journey. Please don't hold it against me that I just said journey, but I have. And one thing that I've really missed on this journey is beer. But now with athletic brewing, I'm able to get that delicious beer-like taste in my mouth without any of the alcohol. It's amazing. Just so you guys know, I used to love sours. I'm a big sour drinker and I really miss that taste. And now I don't have to miss out on it. It's amazing. Whether you're trying to cut back or you just want to explore a non-alcoholic alternative, athletic brewing is often a game changer. They offer a variety of different full-flavored brews with no alcohol allowing you to sip and celebrate anytime and anywhere. Do you like hazy IPAs, sweet fruity sours? Now you can enjoy this style without the hangover the next day. They offer hassle-free delivery right to your door when you order at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic brews bevs you can drink anytime, anywhere, and still go right back to whatever you were doing. It's a great fit for parenting, playing sports, watching sports, doing chores, late nights, and early mornings, so you can imbibe without worry. Try Athletic Brewing non-alcoholic beers for yourself. Use code DST to get 15% off your first order at athleticbrewing.com. That's code DST at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. What tools do I need? What kitchenware do I need? Like, I, there's just so much out there. Everyone has an air fryer. I don't. Yeah. Um, what do I need? I mean, if you have, you know, an oven and a microwave and a stovetop, I think you can, like, make it work. I don't think you really necessarily need anything specifically. Mm -hmm. I think that the air fryer is great for someone like me who doesn't have a microwave. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it just makes that kind of stuff a little bit easier. I think a good nonstick pan makes such a difference for people. Um, it makes cooking Work. easier. It makes cleaning easier. Yeah. You know, that's one of my staples. Um, I also, I think for That me, green one from the infomercial that they say doesn't have anything the, stick. Yes, that one. I'm sure it's a lie, but I've never it tried. Looks it looks fantastic. <laughs> well, because even with the nonstick pans, I, I've, I've found that you need to add something. Like it, you know. Yeah, so I think that, you know, I could get this wrong because I'm not a, trained chef but I do think that even though it's nonstick, it needs to be heated to a certain temperature for it to like become nonstick. I always put a little oh. bit of like oil or some spray or something like that because that really makes it like all right nothing sticking to this but you can see the difference between that and like a normal pan 
like a normal pan's almost always going to have some sort of like residue or something on it. But my nonstick, I'm like, I empty it out. I wipe it and I obviously wash it after that, but makes cleanup so much easier. What's your spray or oil of choice? So for just normal cooking, sauteing, dressing, stuff like that, I, or you're asking for, from like a dietitian perspective. Or like as a human. Yeah. So I kind of stick with like olive oil, avocado oil. Those are going to have the best balance of omega-3 to omega-6 ratios, which, you know, omega-3 and omega-6 are both considered healthy fats, but Americans specifically have a higher amount of omega-3s that, or excuse me, omega-6s that we typically consume. So you kind of want to balance out that ratio a little bit because mm-hmm. it can help with heart health, lowering inflammation, things like that. So olive oil and avocado oil are both going to be good sources of that omega-3. So it's just an easy way for, like I said, everyday cooking, marinades, dressings, kind of sticking to those. Obviously, if you're making something that's going to require a higher smoke point, um, be safe. You know, Don't use an oil that's going to start smoking in your apartment. But for everyday cooking, that's what I use. Mm-hmm. Everything smokes in my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no matter what I do, I set off the fire alarm. Yeah. Uh, not the fire alarm, the smoke detector. Invest in a window. <laughs> yeah. No, true. Get I need to window. open up the window and the door. Yeah. Um, but that's not a problem for you. Yeah. Um, but do, okay, do I need a wooden spoon? Like if I'm making, um, let, let's say, a marinara sauce, would I use a plastic spoon or would I use a wooden spoon? I never know the correct thing. Not plastic. Use. Yeah, I guess plastic is what my other spoons are made out of, like a durable plastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that it just for stirring, you mean? Yeah, like just for, I mean, really anything. Eggs, stirring eggs. Like, do I need a wooden sp- I always wonder what the wooden spoon is I for. I think the wooden spoon is to not damage the pan. Yeah, yeah. So if you're talking about like stirring and stuff, I usually go with a wooden spoon. I guess like it wouldn't really make that big of a difference. Like if you did like you use a plastic spoon one time for eggs, I use like a plastic spatula because I Mm. think that that makes it easier. Mm. Um, But for like, yes, normal cooking, stirring the wooden spoon, it has something to do with like the porosity of it that I did learn in school. And now I'm not going to remember. Okay. But yeah, for normal cooking, stirring stuff like that, I usually go with wooden. Okay, I need to get some wooden spoons. I don't think people need a whisk, like, but there is something about using a whisk that feels very good. Yeah. Yeah. It makes your life a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Like, if you've ever had to beat something with a fork, this is actually a good example of that. I've cooked in my guy friend's apartments before, and they have, like, I mean, I don't know how they're alive. They don't have, like, I'm like, do you guys, what do you eat with? They have a single chopstick to mix things with. And I was making a mac and cheese because we were doing like a Christmas night thing and we were all trying to like cook and be wholesome, which that didn't really work, but it (laughs) can't be wholesome without a whisk. Yeah. I can't be wholesome without a whisk. (laughs) You want to be a homemaker, you need a whisk. For sure. um, And an apron. But I was cooking, I was making mac and cheese and I was making a cheese sauce and I was like, all right, time to like whisk in the cheese. And they were like, we don't have that. So I was doing it with a metal fork, trying mm-hmm. not to hit the bottom of the pan. It's like a shallow oh, pan. And that sound. And no. The, and just I, yeah. like no one was helping. And I was sitting there and I was like, I'll never cook in this apartment again. But <laughs> I, like, it was not it was not easy and it was not cute. But yeah. you when you need a whisk, you need a whisk is what I learned yeah. from that. OK. And, and what knives do people need like to actually cut things well? Yeah. Um, A good, just like normal chef's knife is just kind of what I use for everything. I have like a paring knife when I'm doing small things, but you know, I, like I said, you know, I'm not a chef. 
I'm not yeah. like really doing anything super groundbreaking with like food and food science and chopping. Like I had a chef the other day come cook in my apartment. He's like on social media too. He's amazing. And he showed up and was like, we got to work on your chopping. I saw your videos and I was like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God. I'm working like, on chopping too. Yeah. I was really humbled by that. So, um, but I think just like a normal, larger, good chef's knife and you keep it sharp just makes it easier for you. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the sharper it is, the less likely you are to cut yourself. Yes. I learned that recently. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Um, that and a little tiny paring knife for when you need a smaller knife. But I mean, I get by with that. I don't have a ton of knives. I don't have a no knife serrated set. anything. Oh yeah. For like bread okay. and stuff. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Crusty bread. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's- that I actually don't have though, which makes my really? life harder. Yeah. So what do you do with the crusty bread? I just like, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of Tear, one of those people. Apart. Yeah, I'm one of those people who like, I am so, I have really bad ADHD and I'll like be like, I need to go get that. And then I'll forget about it till the next time that I need it. And I'll mm-hmm. be like, okay, I mean, yeah, it's me and my hands versus the spread, I guess. So that, that's what the pink you and your hands. That's what the pink song was about. Yeah. It was about not having a serrated knife. Yeah. So, you know, but yes, I would recommend having that. Maybe I'll get one today. Probably not. I think there's a Sur La Tabla over here. Oh, yeah. There yeah. is. I, know. I, I actually, I'm never it. over here. Maybe I'll go. Yeah. Yeah, hit it up. Could be fun. Um, what are your go-to recipes when you have company over? Um, I love doing a vodka sauce. I think it's just so easy. Like, yeah. it just, and it just, like, never fails. It impresses people mm-hmm. for no reason. It's so easy. Um, I feel like I do that a lot. I don't have as much, I don't entertain as much in my New York apartment as I would love to. Like if I had a space, I would be having people over all the time. Um, but I love that one. I make, when I'm doing like a Friendsgiving or something, the dish I was making earlier, I do mm-hmm. a white cheddar hatch chili mac and cheese. Ooh. That is like everyone's favorite. That's like the most requested. So I do that a lot. Um, yeah. What's the hatch part of it? Hatch chilies are like a kind of green chili. Oh, okay. They're really good. Sounds good. It sounds like it has a kick. I'm yeah. hungry. Like, this yeah, is bad. I know. I'm hungry right now. I know. I feel like the only like things I'm examples I'm giving are pasta too. But I feel like I just make. I was a lot gonna of it. say too though. Re being hungry, I have always heard the advice: don't grocery shop when you're hungry. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you live by, or is that stupid? I mean. I think that it's kind of, it's a, the principle of it is people are saying, okay, don't grocery shop when you're hungry. Cause you're going to end up just spending way more than you yeah. mm-hmm. like necessarily need to or um, fainting in a supermarket. Yeah. Honestly, like that wouldn't be, that would really suck. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so embarrassing. I already don't want to be there. You know? Yeah. I know. Not there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great. It's not a great look. No, I know. I, um, I think that, yeah, that the main thing with that is you're going to end up like overspending cause you're, everything's going to look good. Your eyes are gonna be bigger than yeah. your stomach. And then, you know, it can lead to that food waste like we talked about you're mm-hmm. getting that food that you never get around to eating or that just sits in your freezer and gets freezer burned for however long you know it happens to all of us um I think again grocery sh- it's it's all person to person if that's the time that you have time to grocery shop and you're on your way home and you are hungry and a lot of people will get home eat dinner and then be like well now I don't feel like going yeah totally. I'm like you go when it's convenient for you sometimes you're gonna grocery shop hungry like mm-hmm. life's not perfect but in a in a world where you're trying to save money and be like intentional about what you're buying, I think it does make it easier to eat before you go and go into it. Like, okay, I, I feel have good. some samples while you're there. Yeah, finally, oh, I yeah. Mean, go to a place sample with the samples. grapes. That was yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a like hard time with the COVID stuff when Trader Joe's took away the samples. I know Aww. because I used to live across from the one I lived in Hoboken before the 
pandemic and we lived across from the Trader Joe's and we would just go for fun to get the sample. Like that, was our, that was our social time on like Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Uh-huh. So I really miss that, but they brought it back. So, so I, I know that you, was a devastating time. Yeah, would I'm you sorry. say you hit the grocery store once a week, once every two weeks as ne- like some kind of a s- idea of a schedule? Yeah. I think that it, again, does depend person to person. For me, I'm going to the grocery store probably three or four times a week, but it's because I'm, Mm -hmm. that's my job, you know? So I think for like most people, you know, I grew up with a mom who was grocery shopping once a week, but my mom is the most organized. I've never seen anybody have their life together like her. Like she's got like timers for when things are going to expire in the fridge. Yeah. (laughs) We had that fridge gets scrubbed like once a week. It's actually insane. Um, There was a chalkboard in my kitchen when I was younger where the meals for the week were written out and we knew what we were having for dinner every single night. And it was something different. And she was making some like talk about somebody who set unrealistic standards. I was like, oh my God. So, but you know, she was somebody who was like, she was a grocery shop once a week person. So she knew, okay, this is what I need. This is what I'm getting. I'm going to make it last all week. So I think it depends person to person. I also think it is harder in a city where fridges are smaller and Mm -hmm. you know, you have limited space and stuff like that. So I would say once a week trying to do like your larger grocery haul and getting yourself set up. And then if you get towards the end of the week and you're like, I can't eat these chicken tacos that I meal prepped one more night of my life, I'm going to go back and get something that's going to like actually satisfy me and make me feel like it's something that I want to eat. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really hate going to the grocery store. I just find it one of the most overwhelming places. Yeah. But to combat that, and this might help, you know, some of the listeners, I do go twice a week now because Mm -hmm. then it's like less overwhelming. I'm not planning out the whole week at once. I'm not thinking, oh, will I want to eat this on Friday if it's Monday right now? Yeah. Um, And then you split it up. You don't have as much to carry home. Like I I think twice a week is probably a good sustainable routine for most people. Yeah. Um, Because once a week, like it's just so much pressure. Yeah. To me, probably not to you. But. No, no, it 100% is to me. I wouldn't be able to do, even if I was not doing this, I would still probably go like twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're lucky to have easier access to grocery stores too. You know, there's people who are, you forget, living in the city, driving, oh, yeah, driving 30 away. minutes to get to a yeah. grocery store, you know? So then those are types of people where I'm like, yeah, stock your freezer, like True. Mm-hmm. throw stuff in there that's going to last, like get yourself those pantry staples. But it's, it's so different person to person. That's something that I've really learned becoming a dietitian is you got to kind of meet people where they're at. How do you feel about like HelloFresh and every plate and those things that get sent to your house? I think they work for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I think that it's, again, it's something that is of convenience. That's a good example too, of people who are like, I can't eat the same thing every night. Yeah. No, when you were saying that your mom like planned out different ones, I was like, for me, sometimes just thinking about different meals is impossible. So having a thing like that where they're like, hey, here are some options of great meals. And yeah. they've got like hundreds of options. And it's like pre-portioned. And yeah. you don't have to worry about, I've got these leftovers that I'm not getting to. So I think it's like a really great option for a lot of people. And it fills in those gaps. You know, if you if you know you only have to shop for breakfast and lunch a couple of days those week and your dinners are set, like, mm-hmm. it's great. I also have some friends who um, like meal delivery kits taught them how to cook. Like mm-hmm. they didn't have the tools to cook before. They're teaching I, me. Yeah. I feel like they give give people inspo too. Like now you have the recipe, you know how it works. I mean You can keep the recipe card. Yeah, they're I think that they're pretty straightforward. I've yeah. actually never never done any of them. Um but I I've heard good things and yeah, I think it's one of those things that, that works for a lot of people. 
I will say there could be more instructions on it. Like really? there are some times <laughs> that I'm just like Googling like a bunch of stuff. I'm like, this feels like an Ikea. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, putting furniture together. Yeah. yeah. Where they're just like, they're like A and B and you know, cook. And you're like, mm, yeah. <laughs> what flame and for how long? And yeah. Now that you're saying this, I have felt like that before. Like it's kind of like those origami handbooks mm-hmm. that you're like, Fold it, but which way? Yeah. You know? But you um, do end up figuring it out. Yeah. And that's part of it, too. Yeah. Building cooking confidence, I yes. guess. Yes. Cooking confidence is huge for people. And you have to make mistakes to build that cooking confidence. Like, you're going to burn stuff. Honestly, that's <laughs> that's huge. Yeah. Because sometimes you're like, oh, if I don't get it perfect the first time, like, this has been a disaster. It's like, how often do you do things in life perfect the first time? It's like anything else. Some stuff. I The first thing I made was like a burger and fries. Half the fries were burnt. Yeah. But the ones that weren't, I was like, okay, we'll aim for more of these next yeah. time. I mean, it happens to me all the time too. I'll be in the middle of filming something and I'll do something like that. Like I'll forget about something and something will burn. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick out the not burned parts and put a note to my followers. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't forget about these in the air fryer or something like that. And yeah. you kind of like, yeah, you learn as you go. But like everybody makes mistakes. And I think that that's what's important to remember when yeah, building up that kitchen confidence. Yeah, trust the process. Yeah. Do you wash as you go or do you leave it all for the end? Oh, good question. Oh my God, it depends on the day. I like wish yeah. I was somebody who had set like, this is how I do it. Um, there's times where I will. Something about turning it into a game of like when something's cooking, like, oh, this has to go in the oven for 25 minutes. Let me mm-hmm. let me cook or let me clean up as much as I can. And then I'm going to have these like this fresh made meal and everything's going to be cleaned up. So, but then there's times where it doesn't work and things are just piling up next to me and I'm trying to like keep it out of the frame while I'm <laughs> filming. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. not there. So it depends on the day. Do not look at the dishes behind the curtain. Yeah. Oh my God. And I'll like, for, or I'll forget that like all my clothes are on my chair and people will be like, your clothes are piling up. And I'm like, yeah, it's a disaster. In it's, here. Life. it's not yeah. a laundry yeah. channel. Yeah. I was like, don't come to me for that's next <laughs> month. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We have some listener submitted questions that we want to ask you. Um, These are hot off the presses. This listener asks, what should I eat when nothing sounds good? That's my most difficult thing. Yeah, and it's like kind of more of a philosophical question. (laughs) Like how do you get around those feelings of nothing sounds good? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I think that it comes down to knowing knowing that you have something that always, I feel like I've been using the word satisfied a lot, but that's mm-hmm. like my favorite word to use with food because I want food to be satisfying. Um, but knowing like you have that go-to of, all right, I know that 
this is in my freezer. These turkey burgers are in my freezer. I like them every time I make them. I Okay, this is my other thing too. I'm going to go on a tangent a little bit. It kind of goes back to understanding that not every meal needs to be the best thing you've ever eaten. Yeah. I think that that pressure, again, from social media, this the people being like, make this, you know, chicken milanese with arugula and pasta and bake it and serve your family and whatever. You know, not every single thing needs to be this elaborate meal. Sometimes food is just food. Sometimes food is just food. Goes back kind of to the girl dinner thing, you know? Yeah. You're like, don't skip your meal, even if nothing sounds good, but- if you have turkey and Swiss in the fridge Hell and yeah, some like yes, make your roll ups, get some broccoli, yeah, yep. dip it in your ranch dip, you know, have some leftover pasta or rice or something on the side. Try to hit those categories that we talked about earlier with the veggie and the starch and the protein and do your best with it. And also don't feel like if if you're genuinely like I'm not I'm not starving, nothing sounds really good. I just need to eat something to kind of get me through the night. Have that. Eat until you feel good. If you're hungry later, eat a little bit more. But not forcing yourself to be like, nothing sounds good and I need to create this meal or I need to cook or I need to do something like that. Or like go yeah. out and get a smoothie. That's what I've been doing I, I when I- I literally was just gonna yeah. say the smoothies I've found is good for that because yeah. you know, you're throwing things into a blender. I mean, you have so many smoothie recipes that are fun and interesting. Like there are so many out there, but you're just throwing it into a blender and- creating magic and then you can just sip on it like to me yeah. that's lower maintenance than trying to throw together a meal yeah definitely smoothies too are one of the easiest ways to create that balance because I think the veggies that I add into smoothies I feel like you always can't taste them like I'm a big I, I feel like a lot of my smoothies have like frozen cauliflower rice in them and it just is like oh. ice mm. you would think it tastes like a oh. salad and it doesn't like cool it just like that makes a lot of sense. Spinach is pretty tasteless, but cauliflower is even yeah. more so. Yeah, I do frozen cauliflower. I have a chocolate cherry smoothie that's like my favorite and all my friends' Ooh. favorites of the ones that I make. Um, and there's frozen cauliflower rice in it and you've got your veggie and you've got your carb from your fruit and you've got your protein from your protein powder and it's like a nice balanced meal. It's also like it just shoots right to the back of your throat. This yeah. might, people might not, not like agree <laughs> with this at all. It, Remy. No, no, but like sometimes I'm like, I just don't want the sensation of eating food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I want to feel like I am being nourished a bit. So yeah. like with the straw, I'm like, I feel like I'm like in a hospital and I'm just like, Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> chewing can be a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, listen, yeah. we've all fantasized about having a feeding tube, okay, <laughs> at one point or another. I, I completely agree with you. It's funny the way that you phrased it, but I so agree. Like, sometimes I don't want to chew. Yeah, that sounds chew. so lazy, but yeah. it's the, just the reality of life. No, there are so many mornings that I've just been shooting a smoothie back to the, to the back of my throat. And <laughs> yeah, like, and if that's what works that day, like, yeah. Again, no shame in it. Yeah. Somebody asked, what are ideas for vegetarian meal prep recipes that aren't salads? Oh, um, a stir fry with mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. an edamame or a tofu, I feel like is a great one. Seitan. Um, Yeah. I've never cooked with that, actually, which I'm really not intimidated. Not today, Satan. Yeah, not today. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm intimidated by it, but I've had it in restaurants and I really like it. I love it, but um, I have no idea how to, how you would cook it. Yeah, no, I haven't. <laughs> Seems I haven't. like it would get rubbery. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if they would consider. I guess it depends on what kind of vegetarian they are because um, a lot of vegetarians will eat eggs and fish. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. doing something like an egg salad, which some people hate, but like I don't hate an egg I love, salad. Yeah, I love it. More credit for egg salad. I love egg salad. Justice yeah. for egg yeah. salad. People get upset about egg salad, chicken salad. All of, I love oh, those. But you so could good. do a tofu salad 
with the same stuff. Yeah, it's like I a similar like texture. Would be texturally crazy. I think yeah, I feel like if it's like a similar texture to a hardwood, missing egg. the the yolk part of it. True. Maybe you would it's need like, to add something else. This is why I'm not a chef. No, I I see where you're going with it. I feel like the only thing that would throw people off is like mayo and tofu. True. Sometimes I, you put too many white foods together. Sounds and slippery. It gets, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, though, I'm like, however you got to do it. But um, yeah, I love like a stir fry. I love doing, I, I really like tofu itself too. So doing some sort of, I do like a Greek tofu mm -hmm. where I'll press it and then cube it up and just put like a ton of Greek seasoning on it and I'll air fry it Yum. and throw that. I was going to say throw that in a salad, but she said no salads or he said no salads. Um, but you could do that in, you could do tofu tacos. Mm -hmm. I've done that where you grind it, oh, yeah. you get like a silken tofu and you create almost like a ground beef yeah. with it um, and you season it. So I've done tofu tacos. I've done stir fry with edamame. Um, a ramen with an egg. A ramen with an egg. Great. You could do fish tacos. You could do, I also do on the topic of, you know, mayo based salads. Um, I do a salmon salad that I really like that's Ooh. actually canned salmon, which freaks a lot of people out too, but I really like it. Canned salmon, Greek yogurt, you do like dill, red onion, seasonings in that. Um, Is the Greek yogurt like a alternative for the mayo, like higher protein? Yeah, yeah. It's just going to add an extra protein and make it like that much more filling. But a salmon, maybe not for a vegetarian. Probably. Depending, Probably not. Yeah, Unless they're depending pescatarian. On, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm trying to think of other, again, I always bring it back up, but that protein pasta, yeah. like great for vegetarians. I have my vegetarian clients get that because it's like, you can just put your veggies with your pasta and you've got your carb, your protein and your, and mm -hmm. your veggie. So that's a really good one to keep on hand too for vegetarians. And oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk about oatmeal Everybody anymore. Everybody loves, like, yeah. what's the, the next day oats or something? Overnight, Overnight, Overnight oats. oats. Yeah. Everyone's trying to convince me to have them. I'm like, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> people get much. weird about texture of but overnight oats. People love oats. it. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever make soup? Yes, I love soup. Um, in the winter, I feel like I always do like a big batch of a chicken soup. I actually, for a little bit, was trying to cook my way through Martha Stewart's cooking school book. It didn't last very long. It was so hard. I should like really bring it back because I like told people I was going to do it and now I don't do it. Um, but she had a chicken soup recipe that humbled me. It took me eight hours. What? So I really, yeah. And I'm like, my whole shtick is like not doing things that are hard. So I'm like, this doesn't really fit the brand. Yeah. So, but I did make that. I love that. I love like a broccoli cheddar soup. Yeah. Oh, unreal. So good. Panera has the best one. Okay. I just saw a TikTok last night of a guy being like, Panera's broccoli cheddar soup is mid. And I was like, no, it's what? not. No, it's not. I, okay, these are the same guys I, that called Margot Robbie I, mid. Exactly. Like, right. Exactly. Right. Broccoli cheddar. Get out of here. Uh, no, yeah. this is, that's offensive. He he got that one wrong, but I do, <laughs> I do love a good, and a bread bowl. Oh my God. So good. So good. What can I make with the energy I have left after a long ass day? I mean, we kind of talked about yeah. this, like throwing packaged foods in with fresh foods, you know, yeah. a la your frozen ravioli and the mm -hmm. veggie sauce. Um, but any other tips if you just don't have energy after a long day? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things to do, I've done like a sheet pan sausage and yolky thing. So you Ooh. get like a chicken sausage that comes pre-packaged, pre-cooked, like you don't really have to do much with it. The gnocchi from Trader Joe's, like the normal or the cauliflower, whatever you prefer. And then like a veggie with that broccoli, asparagus, whatever. Slice up your, your sausage, put your sliced sausage, your gnocchi and your veggie on a pan, season it, 
stick it in the oven for, I don't know, 30 minutes at 350 or something like that. Keep an eye on it. Move it around. Your sausage gets nice and crispy. Your gnocchi gets cooked. Your veggies get roasted. Put it all in a bowl. Throw sauce over it. It's like one of my favorite things with like no energy. Do yeah. they all cook at the same rate? Or yeah. do you have to, you can take them out at the same time? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I tell people, again, keep an eye on it. Don't like let things burn. Yeah. But pretty much, yeah. And is it the most like gourmet cooking style? No. No, like, but this is like a lazy meal for yeah. when you just can't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the easiest things. Um, and that's my trick for when I'm like, I have nothing left in me. Let I me love just that. throw this on a sheet pan and that's call it a day. Really good. I can't remember the last time I had gnocchi. Ugh favorite love like, it it's making so that at home is so chic yeah oh it's <laughs> so it's easier than you'd think but trader joe's has a great frozen yoki good to know um how the fuck do i make healthy eating affordable um i think that a big part of it is finding multiple ways to use the same ingredient yeah. i used to do a lot of this my old kind of shtick was a trader joe's haul and showing people how to use ingredients in multiple ways in their meals throughout the week so like for instance i do you know, for breakfast, I'd do like an, an egg cup that you'd make in like a muffin tin, right? And in my breakfast, I'd throw in, you know, red onion, tomatoes, broccoli, whatever veggie I had, right? And then I'd be like, okay, I bought a carton of cherry tomatoes. I used a cup of them chopped up into my my egg bites. Now I have this other half of these cherry tomatoes. And I think that's those types of scenarios a lot of times is how you get food going bad and then you're mm-hmm. wasting it and then it gets expensive. So, okay, for lunch that day, I'm going to do, I or for dinner, we'll say, I'll do like a, a turkey meatball and then I'll do like an orzo salad and I'll throw those, those tomatoes in that mm-hmm. I used in breakfast. So planning out your meals based on your ingredients that you have and saying, okay, you know, maybe there's a dinner that you really want to make that week and there's a lot of different ingredients involved. How much of those ingredients are you going to use and what can you use for breakfast and lunch so that I'm using up all of the the food that I bought? Mm-hmm. That's a great tip because I feel like another reason why these meal kits are so popular is because you're not left with the extra you know cabbage that you don't eat or whatever but you can kind of do that yourself by being like okay well I need to buy um I need to buy a whole package of this for dinner how can I use the rest of it in a way that is different than what I'm eating for dinner like that that would save me so much money totally and I think that the food shopping stuff gets really expensive cooking for one Mm -hmm. because it just becomes so much easier to like waste food and stuff like when I had a roommate before like I would always cook us everything like together so it would just make it so much easier so I think it's kind of get about, a friend yeah get a relationship if you yeah. stop being alone get a boyfriend <laughs> it's so easy to save money <laughs> um no don't wrong. do that it's You're probably less wrong. fun or you so, could get a dog yeah and feed them poorly um <laughs> anyway I, I do not advise um feeding human food to your dog yeah he will never leave you alone disclaimer i noticed that there are a lot of foods or that go a lot of ingredients that go into many 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 meals you know like mm-hmm. you always need an onion you yeah. always need garlic clove basically yeah. oh yeah salt and pepper all the time there's things that you're like oh like, I feel like I was going to waste this whole onion. And it's like, no, you need it for like three more other recipes this week. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I, Unless you're me and you hate onions. I hate onions, but I'm telling you, just cook them down. Yeah. No, that so is that they're true. soft. Yeah. If you if you cook them to the point where there's no discernible taste. So that they're so like clear. Them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Translucent. <laughs> How to meal prep when I get bored eating the same thing over and over again? Um, I think that this happens to a lot of people. Uh, definitely happens to me. It's tough eating, you know, like we said kind of earlier, the same thing for three or four days. Uh, don't underestimate the power of like different types of sauces, condiments. I kind of said this before, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. ways to switch up the flavor profile. So if you're doing something like meatballs, okay, you've kind of got those for the week. One night, can you do them with pesto and, you know, a pasta or whatever? Is there one night where you could do them with a marinara sauce and make like a meatball sandwich? Is there one night when you can do them with like teriyaki with a teriyaki exactly I'm so <laughs> proud of myself <laughs> do a teriyaki and throw them in some type of like unorthodox stir fry like yeah. you can do a lot of different things so yeah. those are a great way to kind of switch up the flavor profile of it also you know if you I think a lot of people get to even like day two you're like oh you know this isn't something that I really want to eat anymore throw it in the freezer yeah. you know come back to it the next week or something like that and go do that second grocery trip and get something that kind of splits up the week. And then, you know, your meal prep is sort of done for the beginning of next week. You can come back to it. So different salad dressings. They last for a pretty long time. I feel like in the fridge. So long. Yeah. Yeah. Not underestimating the power of switching up the flavor profile. Dressings and sauces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love a sauce. Same. How do I keep things from going bad so quickly? I think we kind of address that, but also if you have anything else to say on the matter. Squeezing um, a lemon on stuff, I've heard, like squeezing a lemon on avocado. Yeah, stick. So storing your avocado with the pit in it mm, helps yeah. to not make sure that it doesn't get brown as quickly. Or if you make like a guac, keeping the pit in the guac. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like whatever food you have that you're concerned about going badly, googling the proper way to store it because I think a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, um, you know, like people are. Oh yeah, I just throw it in the butter. Yeah. God. I did something the butter drawer. Yeah, it was so dumb. I did this like a few months ago where I put my basil from Trader Joe's in the fridge. I know not you to know do better. That. I know yeah. not to do that. I was throwing stuff and I had something to get to and I was like, whatever. And then I made a comment in the video being like, oh, like my basil went bad. Like Trader Joe's basil sucks, which it does. But <laughs> you're also not you're also not supposed to put it in the fridge. Yeah. And then everyone was like, you can't put basil in the fridge. And I was like, I know that. And I wasn't going to play the defense game. I was like, yeah, sorry, I'm dumb. I don't know. So, you know, Googling the proper ways to store things, like, for instance, green onions. Mm-hmm. I stick them in a water container on yep. my windowsill and you just let them keep, keep growing. growing. Then you got your little garnish. Oh, yeah. And your you're onion. a gardener. And you're a gardener. So, Not anymore. Now I have And a cat. you're a mother. <laughs> yeah. Now I have a cat who won't let me do that anymore. But when I used to oh live in God. peace, I would do that. And it was great. <laughs> Super cool. It's yeah. like a little uh, windowsill garden. There's also, do you know the wet paper towel trick mm-hmm. with the avocado? Like you leave the pit in, but then if you wet a paper towel and then wrap it around it, it keeps it fresh for longer. Oh my God. I haven't seen that one. I've seen people store their whole avocados in like a jar of water. Mm. That was one that okay. was going around for a while where people were like completely submerging them in water and they were fresh for like weeks according to videos on tiktok i never tried it so that could be we're wrong. gonna need to do yeah. some science so we're gonna have to do a little science experiment yeah. and see if people are lying about that but i did see people doing that too cool um and i assume also freezing things will keep them good yeah. for longer yeah like i just did breakfast sandwich the drippy sandwich the, drippy sandwich. the dreaded drippy I, sandwich the canceled drippy sandwich <laughs> that i just went through this week um 
I store them in the freezer, but I wrap them like you meal prep them and then you wrap them in like a damp paper towel and it helps to kind of like store the moisture. Mm -hmm. Unless you don't want a wet yeah. sandwich, um, and, and then I do it in wrap. Yeah, and then I do I do parchment paper around them, and nice. then I put them all in a little Ziploc bag. Yeah, okay. And that's how you store them, and that's how you keep them, like not getting freezer burn, not tasting like the freezer stuff like that. Yeah, um, it's like an but, adult uncrustable. Yes. So um, that is one way that I like to do things. But yeah, I mean, yeah, different adults foods don't eat uncrustable. It's <laughs> so crazy. I actually thought about about doing an uncrustable. Uh, oh, you should because they're trending. I love them. Hi. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen a lot. I, okay. I don't know if they're actually trending, but they've been showing up in my feed a lot. A lot of people are doing like their take on an uncrustable, fancy uncrustables. Like, okay. You know, upscale, downscale. I mean, <laughs> I haven't had an uncrustable in forever. I also like crust on a sandwich. You know what? I do too. So. No, but not you. Bold. No. <laughs> you don't like crust on your sandwich? I just also love, like, it's such a specific texture, the uncrustable pinch yeah, around it. Yeah. It's just it's really nice. cute and fun. It's like, um, it's like, uh, Lunchables. It's like, yeah, it's just charcuterie and Ritz crackers, but the yeah. presentation is half the thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, it's fun. It's a fun yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a fun thing to eat. Inner child healing. They I'm also look like, you know how delicious food looks like in an anime movie? Like, Ugh. How it all looks like so soft and like rippable, like yeah. that's what yes. an incredible looks like in in person. Yeah, something about like cartoon rest. food, mm. just like oh yeah, and cartoon dumplings, especially yeah. in uh, anime because those they like bow ones. Yes, yeah, yes. I know what you're talking about. And they they always inhale the food. Like yeah. it'll yeah. be it'll yes. be like a and it looks soup so and they, chewy. And I'm mm. like, I wish I could eat like that, like not breathe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, just you, get, you, get us. Tip. you get us. You get us. Chew your food. Um, <laughs> Stick your throat straw down your throat and inhale Do it in your a food. dangerous way. <laughs> you know how uh, you've always wanted a feeding tube anyway? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we came up with a solution. Um, Monica, thank you so much for yeah. joining us today. I feel like this was so educational. And if anybody wants to find your recipes... I think they should look them up too yeah. because we talked about a lot of different things today, but you have way, way, way more to oh, offer on the internet. So, much. Yeah, so where can people find you and those recipes? Um, so I'm on Instagram and TikTok. It's just at salt and sage nutrition. I have a website. It needs to be updated, but it's there. Um, but yeah, Instagram and TikTok is kind of my spot. So there's lots of ideas there. My Instagram stories, I'm always asking people to give me suggestions of what they want to see. So that's a good place. If you have any requests or things you want to see me, you know, balance out, that's the place to do it. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. I mean, you are a fountain of wisdom and I will be attempting to recreate all your yeah. recipes. I'll let you know how it goes. You should do the thing like, uh, Julia and Julia. Julie and oh, Julia. That's what I was You're trying. Julie and Julie. Yeah, that's what Julia I was trying child. to do with Monica and Martha when yeah. I was trying to. I, that was my whole thing. I was like, "This will be like Julie and Julie," and then I couldn't do it. But we're gonna bring it back this next week. is Emily and Monica. Yeah, yeah, now it's Emily and Monica. You guys, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to send your questions to DST at Betches.com to get them answered. Follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. And if you like this episode, please write us a review. And don't forget to check out our DST merch on shop.betches.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. And follow me at Lubination. Follow me at Remy Casimir. And follow Monica. And of course, we're always with you. Through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. 
and send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Betches.